0: Well, hello and welcome back to the Sensi Reform Podcast. My name is Zach Wise. I'm here with my co-pastor, Brandon Burks, for this week's episode. And uh, this week we're going to talk about the uh, house church movement, um, not from any kind of real in-depth reflection upon its recent origins or anything like that, but just some observations that we've had in um, in our ministries as we've engaged with people in um, our daily lives and as we've um, done so, especially post-COVID. I think it's probably fair to say, Wendy, yeah. Brandon, that since uh, COVID, it seems like there's been a real resurgence of interest in house church, and I'm not sure if this has been terribly thought through, but perhaps what's happened is that people have um, been maybe a bit dismayed by the way that their church handled COVID or because of just the reality of churches being shut down. They've been forced to go to resort to um, simply Bible reading in the, in the home, and then that has become something that they've uh, continued to do, even when Worship services resumed. So there could be various uh, varying reasons for this, but it seems like since COVID that a lot of people have not been returning to the churches that they were previously part of and have been content to remain home or to establish some sort of a house church with other people. And so we just want to provide some reflections upon that and some things that we think are probably uh, very troubling about that. And so, Bran, do you want to kick us off here as we kind of reflect on some of the uh, concerns we have with this um, uh, this reinvigoration of the uh, house church uh, movement?
1: Right, yeah. And again, also to reiterate that you know, the house church movement is pretty diverse. It is. So s- some, some house churches, you might show up, and instead of preaching, they might have like a book study, you know, walking through a book on fasting or prayer or something. And, you know, they have like a loaf of bread and they take the lord's supper or they might have a big meal and call that the lord's supper and um it might you know they might put uh, songs on youtube or something so it could be very low-key in that way you could it could be also family ran where you have various just families coming together and there's really no leadership but it's kind of this fluid um uh, equality among the families but then you might have some that are more um are more organized maybe you do have like one main God doing it and, and preaching and and these things so there could be a bit of a diversity I think within the house church idea
0: um, and to clarify here mm-hmm. our concern here is not necessarily the location of where churches is, is held and it's where worship occurs because right. we worship and we, we rent from a mm-hmm. community center it's the, the, the we could just as easily worship as a church inside my home and that's not what we're talking about right. here. We're not talking about exactly the, the location of worship, but within the house church movement, right. there's a sense of an anti-organization streak, I think. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. And that's where I was going. I was like, okay, well, if we yeah. have
1: this, yeah, the house church is going uh, to mm-hmm. right? be more autonomous, right? It's going to be more unorganized um, because we kind of almost have, in, in, I think in our culture, you know, we have this kind of... Um, anti-authoritarian anti-organization uh bent where you, you will hear people say things like we know i love jesus i follow christ but i don't like organized religion well jesus organized it like jesus organized the the church um and so in a lot of these house churches it's like well are you Independent, autonomous. Are you? Uh, do you have pastors, elders, deacons functioning in the way that Christ wants them to function? Are you as a as a member? Are you in membership, or you just, or do you just kind of show up? Um, do you? Is there any accountability? Do you have spiritual oversight? Are leaders um, shepherding you and seeing to it that you have a healthy diet of? Of of God's word, um, are are they providing word and sacraments, and so all of these questions I think come about. And you know, and to your point, you could actually be an organized church in, in ecclesiastical fellowship and communion with others, and um, and and do that in a house. But the house church movement brings brings to bear, I think, an autonomy, a disconnectedness, and a disunity, um, which which is problematic. Um, and. There are other denominations too, besides the house church movement, that kind of champion uh, autonomy. So I was part of a church uh, years ago that was more in this kind of autonomous um, kind of uh, uh, stream of thought. And we, I would go to meetings, and people would talk about the, you know, the autonomy of the local church, and nobody outside can come into my local church and tell me what to do and they really championed this idea of church autonomy, local church autonomy. Um, there's no there's, there's no body that's authoritative um, outside whatsoever. And, and if we have fellowship, it's because we want to and we can um, dissolve it at any time without any repercussion and there's no oversight or authority in that way. And then I remember being challenged by reading just the New Testament and I was thinking, Nobody is here shouting their autonomy and their independence, but they're always talking about how connected they are with all the other churches. There is a concern for what's happening in all the other churches, and all the churches banding together to help one another, to exchange gifts and funds and send people, Mm -hmm. and there's a real sense of connectedness that this kind of champion of, of autonomy and independence and freedom and disconnected and disorganized uh, or whatever, uh, you just don't see that in the, in the New Testament. Uh, but in the New Testament, we see, for example, Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 saying everything needs to be organized. Uh, we should do everything uh, decently and in, in, in order. We see Christ establishing his church and he established apostles as they as they died off, we see the office of the pastor, the minister of the word, we see elders, we see deacons, and so uh we have a a a structure given to us in scripture, and churches are not totally um disunified or or disconnected. Uh, we see, for example, in Acts fifteen. What happened in Acts fifteen? There was a Jerusalem council. There was a a problem, a, a heresy, really, that was that that needed to be put to rest, needed to be debated, and they asked elders from every church to come to this council, and they all came to the Jeru- the Jerusalem council. They um, um, deliberated and they made an authoritative pronouncement and that authoritative pronouncement was brought back to the churches and the churches had to obey what was declared at the jerusalem council and so in the reformed church for example that uh, were uh, ministers in that's very much our practice we we meet uh, elders and ministers meet for classes and um, there are authoritative things that happen at classes and that goes back to the churches we are very much connected. So this idea of an autonomous independent house church really is kind of going Uh, in an opposite direction of what we see in Scripture about being connected, having oversight, even outside of your local body, being organized, and having a minister of the Word there to bring the Word, bring the sacraments, do the baptizing, do the uh, Lord's Supper, and it's not a kind of a free-for-all, disorganized um, thing without without any authority or authoritative offices in the church. Zach, you want to add anything to that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, um, one thing that is worth noting is that when we come to Holy Scripture, we come to it and we know that God is behind all of Scripture, not just the New Testament, but also the Old. And that same God who's, who has inspired the New, inspired the Old, and he is consistent with himself. He is the one true living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who is unchanging. And so what Brandon has described about the New Testament, we also see within the Old Testament as well. For some reason, we we separate the two Testaments from one another and act like there's no continuity there. That the New Testament just, God has just done something brand new that could never have been seen before in terms of the church and its organization and things. Like, no, there are new things about the New Covenant and the New Testament. The inclusion of Gentiles with believing Jews, yes. But when you go back to the old testament you see the very same things that Brain has been talking about that god established an organization and order even during the time of the patriarchs you find abraham isaac and jacob providing leadership for the people of god all way going back to believing seth who's providing leadership for the people of god and with noah you see this organization become very clear during the time of moses where there are leaders being appointed over tribes leaders being appointed over um, and then even over the tribes, a connectionalism occurring that occurs through the elders in the cities, that occurs through the priesthood that's scattered around Israel. There's a real way, a methodical way of having unity and working together and that doesn't always go perfectly. I think one of the issues within the house church movement we we need to recognize here is that there are many who have, have experienced abuse at the hands of pastoral leadership or perhaps just ineptitude, and they realize we can do this as well, if not way better, than what we're seeing at our local church. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is this is um, real. This is true, but that does not um, that does not negate the fact that God has established an organization, and He has done that from the very earliest pages of Scripture throughout the Old Testament up until the New. He has established a people that are overseen by elders, overseen by officers, and that God works through them. They are the ones who, in their office, are commissioned and then granted a gift of the Spirit, in order that we might learn through the offices to not just submit to the offices, but to submit to Christ. And this, uh, this is a pattern we see both Old Testament and also in the New Testament.
1: And these officers aren't self-appointed. That's right. Like, they don't stand up and say, well, I'm an officer today, or I'm, I'm a pastor today. Mm-hmm. But they're appointed by an ecclesi- an ecclesiastical body.
0: That's right. Exactly. Uh, Brandon, one thing I had you I remember recently you read a book called uh, The Democratization of American Christianity by uh, Nathan Hatch. I Any mean, maybe things that you remember reading from that that might play into this notion of independent street that we have as Americans or anything from that uh, book maybe kind of set the stage mm-hmm. because I think that plays into this quite a lot. I think so exactly. this independent spirit that we have as American Christians. Yeah
1: I mean he talks about how this um, this kind of revolutionary spirit in America uh, really kind of um, uh, poured over into the church where uh, we wanted to kind of like you know bring off the chains of, of the king and And, but we, he also mentioned how there there was really no internal breaks to that. So, you know, as in in the realm of of politics and government, we wanted to be free from the tyranny of of the king. Um, But at the same time, we started applying that to almost everything in life. And we started applying that even to the church. Uh, We uh, hated leadership, and he talks about how within the American soil sprung so many of the cults that mm-hmm. are just worldwide yeah. today, the Mormon cult, the Jehovah's Witness cult, I mean a lot of these are starting by these self-appointed prophets and, and leaders, and um, very anti-authoritarian, and in fact it's so anti-authoritarian that they call just all of the church bodies apostate, and, and they just totally try to get rid of even, even history. The whole history of the church is somehow seen now as corrupt, and we need to uh, recover by the self-appointed prophet uh, the, the, the real ideal of what God would have for us. And, um, and then now everybody uh, has, has an equal say, and everybody can, can vote one way or a, a different way, and it's, it became instead of, what did God say, and how do I please God? It became, well, what do the people want, and how do I give it to them? Where the power started to be now in the masses of people um that were voting various things even even contrary to God's word, it was totally in the hands of the people, not in the hands of the bible anymore uh in terms of matter matters of the church if if the congregation wanted to go in a direction that was anti biblical and they had they had the um uh the majority then they could go in that direction, and there was no you know, there was no oversight, there was no accountability, there was nothing that could be done at all because uh, the powers of the people, and the people wanna, want to um, get rid of all outside, external forces of, of authority. And so, yeah, he talked in that book about this kind of spillover from the revolutionary uh, excitement that was happening, uh, you know, but, but then being applied to kind of everywhere else in life.
0: Yeah, I think that that's notable that this sort of the house church movement we've been describing and talking about and critiquing here, this is not something that is springing up in other countries. This is really an American phenomenon, and that should cause us a sense of pause as we think about being recipients of a biblical tradition that's come down from the apostles. when you see something emerging out of one country, one culture, that's very uh, unique to that um, uh, to that people, this democratic spirit that we have, it should actually act, it should actually cause us to say, well, maybe my American. Independency is speaking more loudly right now than the pages of holy scripture are speaking.
1: Another good book too on this matter is uh, Mark Knoll's um, America's God. Hmm. And uh, Mark Knoll in that book was talking about how Christianity in America, even even early on, you know, um, uh, in the uh, 1700s. Um, Really looked a lot different from Christianity in England or Christianity um, throughout the world. America had uh, kind of a uh, a unique flavor of Christianity. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that you know uh, Christianity in America is is all bad or something, right, right. but we do have certain impulses because of our just national identity. That somehow spills over sometimes into our church life, into how we even read the pages of Scripture. Mark Knoll talks about how we kind of hijacked language of freedom or liberty in Scripture, and then begin to apply that in a more governmental, political realm. Even even things that really didn't you know, it's not what the Bible's talking about, but we but it, we kind of capitalize on this language and then apply it to all these other hosts of things within within government, um, and and we try to wed. Our American, um, our American society with what the Bible's talking about. Uh, but yeah, Mark Knoll, he, he had a, a, an interesting critique and also just kind of explanation of how we got to where we are today in America and how America's God had a different flavor uh, because we, yeah, we were more um, individualistic. And you know, he talks about how earlier on, if you asked a Christian, um, you know, or, or if you asked someone, "Are you a Christian?" They would probably say, "Well, yeah, I've been baptized into the church, and um, I go to church every every Lord's Day, and uh, I'm a uh, member of the church, or something like that." And, but now it's a more of a me and my Jesus experiential, individualistic um, kind of thing now. So there has been a change, I think, in the mindset and specifically in, in America.
0: And, you know, I think one of the things you mentioned, maybe we can kind of finish on this, is that you mentioned that uh, we need to recognize that American Christianity is not all bad. Right. I think that needs to be said as well about what we're calling the house church movement. I think that it's accurate to say that our concern here is not at all people having Bible studies in their homes and taking some liberty to do that. Say, hey, I want to have my friends over. We want to sing songs together. We want to read the Bible together and pray together. These are wonderful things that we would never oppose. And we do not at all believe that pastors and elders need to be micromanaging things that happen Monday through Saturday. What we're trying to get across here is that what you do in your house as a form of Bible study is not the same as what happens on the Lord's Day with a called service that's being overseen by elders and ordained ministers, being served and the needs cared for by ordained deacons and by this fellowship that comes together. Because What happens in a house church is that you're gonna have your friends there. You're gonna have your your family members there and it's not going to be that kind of diverse group that happens at church where people are unlike you. And this, this diversity of gifts gathered together under the oversight of shepherds and, and deacons. And so what we're trying to say here is that we, you can have both and. Go back to your church or find a church that is operating in a healthy way and submit to that uh, biblical, not you know micromanaging oversight, but a biblical oversight. Submit to that and then maintain your Bible studies in your home. Stop celebrating the sacraments there. Do that in your church context with the group of people that you did not select, the group of people that you did not invite over, but the people that God has invited, God has gathered together under the oversight of uh, elders and um, uh, pastors and deacons. Find that place and celebrate the sacraments there and receive the word preached there. And still have your Bible studies in your home. And so, again, we're not trying to say throw out the baby with the bathwater here, but to reprioritize and to recognize that our American streak is not exactly helpful uh, to us in many many instances. Thanks so much for joining us. We um, appreciate your time. We um, uh, invite you to check out more of our episodes at org. Check out our church as well, westsidereformed.org. We're pastors of the Westside Reformed Church. We hope this has been helpful and thought-provoking for you. And uh, check us out. Thanks. Bye-bye.